So last week I started talking about our precious faith. Say with me, our precious faith. And we started with James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. It's hard to do when you're in a trial. When you're going through a difficult time, it's hard to count the joy. But yet the Bible says you can count it joy. What does that mean? What that actually means is we have a decision that we can make when we go through a hard time. We could either go into our nature, our, our human nature with this worry, concern, anger, this is not fair. That's what, where most of us go to. It's a default posture. We go right into anger, unforgiveness, getting upset, or we could count it joy. So what Paul was saying is we actually have control over our emotions. Nobody said amen. amen. Nobody said anything. Probably you're still looking at the cards. Now think about it. If I have control over my emotions... That means that most of the hard things that I've been through in my life were absolutely a waste of time. Most of those times where you've lost it, and I know because I lose it too many times, and I have to choose, oh, oh, back up, back up. Yeah, because I, you know, we think naturally to, toward the negative. We, toward, we go toward the, the anger, toward the offense. We get offended very easily. This generation, we're a bunch of snowflakes. Yeah, we get angry so easy, so offended, so easy. Paul said you can control that. You don't have to go there. You don't have to allow it to take you there. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to allow it to take you there. So when you fall into various trials, and it says count it all joy. But then it says this, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And, and then it says, let patience have its perfect work. In other words, when I'm a place, in a place of waiting, God's working on me. When I haven't got my answer yet, God's working on me. He's working in me. He's working through me. He's maturing me. Remember last week I said, you know, if we get into exercise, you, it, when you first start, it's hard. Let me go jogging. You, jo- you jog a quarter block and you're like, huh, huh. But after six months of running, you could run a mile or two, and no problem. You know, you're breathing steady, you're okay. But that's what happens when you're first going through trials or circumstances or situations. Things don't go your way. The natural tendency is to get angry or to get offended. But it says you can count that as joy. So next, next time somebody gives you a hard time, smile. Next time you don't get your way, smile. Next time you try something, it doesn't work out. There you go. You can count it all joy. Because in the process, God's working something out in you. And it says, let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect. That word perfect means mature and complete, lacking nothing. We can get to a place in our lives where we lack Nothing, but it comes from the fact that we're allowing God to work in our lives. And see, just because you call yourself a Christian, that does not really mean that you're allowing God to work in your life. Because most of us say we're Christian, and yeah, you know, I got the Holy Ghost, you know, I serve God, I read the Word. But yet when God's working on you, you're a mess. You don't allow God to work the process in you. So you're not there yet. You're not in a place where you've had, uh, where you've allowed God to have his perfect work in you, you haven't developed patience, and most New Yorkers don't have patience. 
Whether you say amen or not, that's the truth. If you don't believe that, just go to work Monday morning in the car in rush hour. You will see New Yorkers do not have patience. Hallelujah. While we go through the process, we're learning, we're growing. Same thing in the military. When you first go to the military, they don't put you in the field. They put you into boot camp. It's funny they call it boot camp. Huh? Right, yeah. Then boot camp. And it's one of the most miserable processes any human being can endure. Their goal is to break you down. To break down your habits, your tendencies, your proclivities. Everything that you're used to, your, your comfort, I guess. All your comfort, they take it away from you. They, they stick you in the field when it's raining. Only a t-shirt and shorts. And you have to stay there 24 hours standing. Anybody that's been in the military knows that. They do it on purpose because they want to break you down and build you up as a soldier. No excuses when you're a soldier. Same thing. God's doing the same thing in, in us. First thing he attacks is our comfort. God, I want to serve you when I want to, when it's convenient. Yo no voy a la iglesia porque no me es conveniente. It's not convenient to me to go to the church. See, God's working on that one. He's got to kill that little baby comfort person in you. Because you can't be useful in that sense. Imagine Jesus. He's on the Garden of Gethsemane. And he knows where he's got to go to. He says, that's not convenient for me. I've got a trip to go to. I've got a cruise liner to go to. He didn't say that. He said, whatever it takes, the people need my sacrifice. And God wants to take us to that place where we understand. But here's the issue. The issue is, are we really walking by faith? Do you really believe the word of God? Do you believe that, God, that the word is, is, is God's word? That the scriptures are, is God's word? Do you believe that? If you believe it, you have to change. You can't remain the same. And we spoke about last week that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing God's word. 11, Hebrews 11.1, faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. But the principle is what we hear, anything we hear produces faith in us. Most of us, we hear the news and we have faith that the world's going to finish tomorrow. Yeah. We, we, we believe that the journalists say, oh, the, we're going to have nuclear war next week. I've heard journalists say that. Guess what? The week passed, there was no nuclear holocaust. Lately now, the last rash of criticisms, and I'm not trying to get political, I'm just saying that we receive faith every week to believe something. Some people think right now in the United States, we're in the best of times. Others think in the United States, we're in the worst of times. And it's the same information. It's just based on what you choose to hear. I, I got no amens. See, we have to understand that God is doing something amazing, but we're not hearing God because we're so busy hearing the news. We're so busy hearing the gossip. We're so busy hearing this person and that person. And you and I know how devastating that was to Old Testament Israel. When God says, I bequeath to you the land of Canaan. And Moses sent out 12 spies. Leaders. These spies, each one of these spies were a leader of each clan. And they came back with a report. God said, it's yours. They came back and they said, God said, it's ours, but they're giants in there. and We can't 
beat these giants. Yet God said it's yours. And this is the problem. Many times God gives you a beautiful prophetic word. Yay, I'm going to use you. You're going to preach and you're going to teach. You're going to do great things for me. But he never tells you there's giants in the process. And then when you run headlong, yay, man, God's going to use me. Thunk, right into a giant's knee. And we're saying, God, you didn't tell me about that. He says, trust, I'm with you. I'll go with you. Two of those spies says, we can do it. We can do it now. If God said it, listen, there'll be food for us. They understood God. See, they trusted God and his word. They understood the character and the nature of God. God is honorable. What he says, he does. So faith actually is confidence in the person or the thing that you're believing in or for. I've believed in people and they've let me down. And some people call God the man upstairs. That's a mistake. He's not the man upstairs. He's almighty God. And our problem is many times we want, to, we want to relate to God like we relate to man. Well, if man failed, then maybe God will fail me. No, no, no. That is a big error. God is not man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should repent. Hallelujah. He's almighty God. And then Jesus, he said this, with men, in Matthew nineteen twenty six. with men all things, or rather with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So when we get into the God realm, when we get into the faith realm, let me tell you this, you get away from the statistics of the world. Well, I heard that this can be done. Well, God said, with him, all things are possible. Well, brother, so-and-so did this and it failed. With God, all things are possible. Well, sister, so-and-so told me that it really doesn't work. With God, all things are possible. So you can't listen to the statistics that you've heard when you're believing God for something. When you're trusting God in your ministry. When you're trusting God to do something amazing and great in your life. And, and let me tell you this. We're all meant to grow and multiply. One of the commands that he gave Adam and Eve was go, be fruitful, and multiply. So that word multiply didn't only mean physically multiply, it actually meant multiply all that I've placed in your hands. Because he also told them, I give you authority in this earth realm. I put you in charge. So God gave mankind wisdom. Let me put it this way. When was, when was it that you saw a bridge built before the plans were laid out? Huh? When was that? I've never seen it. I've always seen somebody say, listen, I have an idea. See, God has given us creativity. These are the days where we should be ex exposing the greatest creativity. These are the years of great breakthrough. People, understand, open up your eyes. Things are happening in massive proportions. You see in government how there's shifts, cataclysmic shifts. There are cataclysmic shifts in government. There are cataclysmic shifts in culture. There are cataclysmic shifts in the natural, in the earth. The earth right now is even shaking. Right now in Hawaii, there are cataclysmic shifts taking place in the landscape. That's because there are cataclysmic shifts happening in the spirit realm. And the, and the spirit of the Lord is saying to his people, now is the time where I am amplifying where I am advancing, 
where I am moving, see, where I am making things quicker, happen quicker. Those that would dare to believe in this day, if it was, if it was supposed to take 10 years, it's only going to take two years or three years. If it was supposed to take two, three years, it's going to happen in six months. God is doing a work where he's advancing quickly because these are the last days. Don't tell me this is the last day when the world is going absolutely crazy. Really. Think about it. Right now, people are, are, are throwing all, any level of science out the window. Well, I believe it this way. Meanwhile, science is saying you're wrong. And then they get angry that you're telling them they're wrong and then they want to sue you. Meanwhile, I mean, it's, it's so frustrating that, you know, this is water. Well, I choose to believe it's a car. This is what we're doing as a nation. This is what we're doing in the world. The student in Canada, in a Christian school, they were talking about nature, about men and women. And so they shared this new philosophy that we don't have to uh, be a man unless, you know, even though we're biologically a man, we don't have to be a man. So this kid, he gets up, he says, well, you know, according to scripture and according to science, biologically, the chromosomes identify whether you're a man or a woman. The teacher got so angry at the student that she kicked him out of the class. Christian school. She kicked him out of the class, Right? Principal's office. Okay? Then they said, in order for you to go back to that class, and by the way, you needed that class to graduate that year. To go back to the class, you have to apologize to the teacher, apologize to the students, right? And then shut your mouth and don't say anything for the remainder of the semester. So the kids are not having it. He says, excuse me, my First Amendment rights? My Second Amendment rights? I mean, just, he just started explaining, you know, we have rights here. No, you don't. No, you don't. So he has to fight this in court now and not graduate. So, so we're going crazy. These are the last days. We're in the midst of the last days. Now, I don't know if the last days are going uh, to last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You know, in God, one day is like a thousand years. So I wouldn't worry about it. The Bible says, occupy until he returns. Amen? Amen? In other words, don't fret about this. Oh my God, it's the last days. It's the last days. It's the last days. It's the last days. Oh, calma, calma, calma. Relax. Just do what God's calling you to do. It's an accelerated grace. There's an accelerated favor. You should have the greatest breakthroughs in children's ministries and in, in youth, youth ministries. Amen. In men's ministries, women's ministries, evangelism, in business. The greatest breakthroughs should be experienced in this season because God is doing an accelerated work. But he's only going to do it with those that are willing to trust and believe him. Mark 9.23 said, if you could believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So that means I have to work more on my faith and my believing than anything else. Hey, listen, work on your body. Do your exercise. Do whatever you need to do. But work on your faith more than you work on your body. More than on your work. More than anything else, work on your faith. How do I work on my faith? Every day, the word of God. God told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night, and you will make your own way prosperous. Hallelujah. 
The other principle I discussed last week was that when you choose to believe God in a specific area, the Bible says you'll have abundance in that area. Remember I said that? When you choose to trust God, let's say, for example, in the area of believing for the gifts of the Spirit, you'll have more in that area. There's some people that reject that today. So you don't see the gifts of the Spirit flowing in them. And, and the, the disciples, they asked Jesus, Jesus, why are you talking parables? They said, because the principle is that those that don't want what I have to give, they're not going to receive it. Even what they have will be taken away. But you have chosen to follow me, so now I will reveal to you what my word says, what my word means. And you'll have more, and the Bible says you'll have abundance. So this is a day where those that choose to believe God are going to flow abundantly in the gifts of the Spirit, in the wisdom of God, in the grace of God, in the knowledge of God. I'm believing God for great things. This is our best days. These are our greatest days because God is doing an amazing work and he's releasing revelation, understanding. Remember the parable of the uh, the talents? The man that had five talents, he brought it back to Jesus, but he brought back another five talents. What did Jesus tell him? Good and faithful servant. Then he says, enter into my joy. See, when you, tr- when you choose to trust God in a specific area and trust him and work with him and walk with him, you receive joy. Hallelujah. Right? And then watch this. To the one that had only one, he chose to hide it. And what did Jesus say? You wicked and lazy servant. Then he said, take away that which he has. Give it to the one that has ten talents. So guess what? There's somebody that had rejected their anointing. It's about ready to come upon you. There's somebody that rejected their gifting. It's about ready to come upon you. There's somebody that rejected their prosperity in their business and whatever. It's ready to come upon you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You will have abundance. Amen. 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 Praise God. And then I I said about the fact that God gives us all a measure of faith. Romans 12, 3. says, you have to be sober. Don't think of yourself more, but think soberly because God has dealt each one a measure of faith. Then he said that that, that God creates the body and all of us have differing gifts. Then it says, use your gifts in proportion to your faith. See, so our gift cannot rise above the proportion of our faith. Our faith has to grow in order for our gift to grow. Our faith has to grow in order for our calling to grow. Our faith has to grow in order for the anointing and the favor and the wisdom and understanding and the influence to grow. We want all of that, but we're not working on our faith. You want to go on vacation and you're broke. No, first save money, prepare, get the vacation date, then go on vacation. Hey, hey, all right, thank you. Jesus said, you know, who of you would build a building without first preparing, counting the cost, knowing what you have in hand? You see, and this is what we're not doing. We're not building our most holy faith. And God is saying, my people, the enemy isn't after your gifts. The enemy isn't after your talents. The enemy is after your faith. Mommy told Peter, Peter, I have prayed for you because the enemy is testing your faith. Jesus had to pray for Peter because Peter's faith was being tested. Oh, you're not getting this. Is it possible that Jesus had, has had to pray for you 
Because the enemy has come against your faith. Because faith is the determining factor as to how much you'll be able to produce in the spirit and in the natural. Therefore, you need to work on your faith. Say to your neighbor, work on your faith. Tell your neighbor, don't neglect your faith. Hallelujah. So we have to increase our faith. Jesus one time said, ye have no faith. Another time he says, ye of little faith. Another time he says, ye of great faith. So it is possible to build the faith that God has given me. God's given me a measure, but my faith doesn't have to remain. If God gave me a three, I don't have to stay three. By reason of use and practice and training and study, I can go to a five or a seven or a nine or a ten. The guy that had... Five talents became a ten-talent man. The guy that had two talents became a four-talent man. The one that had one talent, well, anyway, like I was saying, the guy that had two talents became a four-talent man. (laughs) Praise God. We have to work our faith. Hallelujah. So, part two, part two. Say with me, part two. And I'll be short. We need to renew our mind. Because when you first get saved, your spirit man is born again. But you still have the same information. You still have the same knowledge. See, there's a part of you that's instantly sanctified. There's an instantaneous sanctification. But then there's also progressive sanctification. There's a part where God starts working on you. You came in, you were on drugs, you were taking, you know, everything out there. And you got saved. You're still addicted. But now you say, I got to change my life. And God starts helping you. Little by little, you start getting off of it. That's why I don't like legalistic Christians. Because there are people that come, they get saved, they're smoking. And I, I, I've had Christians in there come here and, and, you know, half of the service, they go outside, you know, take a cigarette because they're still addicted to the caffeine. They're saved, but their body is still going through a change. And they go, praise God. Yeah, I got I to gotta let go of this thing, man. This thing ain't working for me anymore. I'm just saying. I'm, on, I'm not only criticizing the smokers. What about those that have to deal with porn? They're saved, but they're still struggling in that area. And immediately, you know, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. Listen, God's mercy covers us and helps us. And the Holy Spirit will bring you to a place of repentance. Let me give you this formula. What, whenever the Spirit of God is working on you, He'll bring to your heart such conviction that you'll go to God and ask him to help you. It'll draw you to God. Whenever the devil is condemning you, it'll push you away from God. So anything that's pushing you away from God, that's not God's voice. God will always bring his sons back to him, his sons and daughters back to him. So if you do something wrong, if you're doing something wrong, God will draw you and say, my son, my daughter, this is not right. You have to let this go. You are now a royal priest. You are now a kingly priest. This does not belong to your nature. You don't see princes and kings, you know, hanging out. You know. So, you don't, you don't, what? What's that? What's that? Listen, I'm serious. Especially in the 70s. You know, you, I don't know if you ever saw him with the cane. You know they don't have a problem. They're only like 25 years old. And they're like... It's things that I've seen throughout the, my... <laughs> you don't see kings walking that way. 
You don't see that. They understand. Even the way they eat, the way they inflect, the way they talk, it's different. So when you get saved, when you receive Christ, the Spirit of God starts molding you. And before you used to walk like that, now you, you know, you're walking differently. Because you reflect now a different kingdom. That's the point I'm making. Now, you know, sometimes I use hyperbole. You know, you'll never see me walk outside like that. <laughs> no. What's that? Today's, pa- today's parables, that's right. But we re- belong to a different nature. So the Spirit of God will tell you, that's not in your nature anymore. Let go of that, that drug. Let go of the cigarette. Let go of that porno. Let go of the gossip. Let go of all of this. It doesn't belong to your nature. You now have to reflect my love. You have to reflect my word. You have to reflect my grace. And when you understand that, it's all about love. Yeah, but look what they said about me. So, what did they say about Jesus? Look what they did to me. Look what they did to Jesus. You understand? So I don't have to worry about these things. We have to renew our mind because our habits need to be renewed. Our habits in the old day. You know, some people say, well, you get saved, everything's supposed to change. Everything is new inside. The spirit man is new. Now you're adopted into the family. Your name changed. Your last name changed. Your DNA changed. But now what will happen is you little by little start to acclimate to the new season. Have anybody bought a fish here before? A fish. Live fish, live fish, live fish. Live fish, live fish. Well, okay, a pet, a pet, a pet, okay. You can tell she's a fish lover. Loves seafood. Think about it. They give you the fish in a bag of the water where they were at. They don't just give you the fish. They give you the fish and the water, the atmosphere, the environment that they belong to. Then you take the bag of water, you take it home, do not open it up and throw the fish into the new water, the one that you prepared that looks pristine, clean, and perfect, and you measured it, it's not cold, not hot, it's tepid. Don't do it, you'll shock the fish. I tried it. You throw them inside and within five minutes they're like this. Yeah, they actually die. They can't take it. You have to put the bag with the fish in the water. And little by little, they acclimate and they start changing and they start accepting the new environment. This is why when you come to church, shut your complainer off. Because you're going to see people with six months in their faith, three months in their faith, 20 years in their faith, 30 years in their faith. So if you go into a church and you're looking around and say, uh-huh, see, uh-huh, yep, I know exactly, uh, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You missed it already. You're out of sync. That's not God's nature. See, hospitals accept everybody. Churches accept everybody. You can come in. Now what happens is they're in a new environment, but they came in in their own bubble. Leave the bubble alone because too many people try to interfere with God's work and they say, I'm God's little helper. Well, God didn't call you to be a little helper. Leave them inside the bubble for a season. Let them come in and enjoy 
love on them, giving them a hug, appreciate them, let them go back out and come back in and go back, let them come. It's going to be a season. Once in the future, you'll see, you know something, I'm, I'm starting to get the gist of this. And the sooner when you come inside, they're no longer in that bubble. You know, when they first came in, they were like this. Everybody, you know, la, 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 dun, 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 la, 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 and they're like, Right? But six months later, you know, the, the one next to him, la, 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 la. Dun, 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 dun. And he's like. Because <laughs> you allowed them to get in there. You loved them enough. You know, when Jesus accepted the 12 disciples, he said, come follow me. I will make you into fishers of men. He never said, come with me, but be perfect. Be perfect. You make a mistake, I'm going to kick you out. Never heard him say that. Actually, the ones he got angry at were the very religious folk that were supposed to be representing him. And there were times where they tried to tempt him. So what are you going to do? Found her in the act of adultery. What are you going to do? He gets on his knees and he starts, you know, playing with uh, the dust and the dirt. He looks at them. First one of you that doesn't have any sin, go at it. Throw the first stone. Some theologians believe that he was writing out their very sins. The Bible says one by one they all left. You know why? They were all guilty. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We have to love each other. We have to respect each other. But that takes a mind shift. It's hard to be loving. It's easy to criticize and to be angry and to wake up in the morning and, and, and flip the bird on your neighbor in the car because they passed you real quick. It's easy to do that. But it's hard to say, God bless you. God bless you. We need to change our minds. We have to allow God to work in us. Allow God to work more in you than your neighbor, the one they're always saying, you know, God, you really should work on this person. I wish that person would have been in church so they could have heard that. I know whose message that was for. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have the, we have the ministry of, of, you know, yeah. We must begin the process of renewing our minds to become more Christ-like. So you can get that stinking thinking out of the way. Yeah, stinking thinking. We come into the kingdom of God. We, we, we believe that, that, that every, every preacher is, 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 is bad. They're, they're all greedy. They all want money. Yeah, why are we saying that? But you, meanwhile, you go to your corner politician's office, the first thing they do is ask you for a donation. Every place is asking for it, but in the church. So we have to rem remove that. Some people have told me, why do you give to the church? Excuse me? Why do I give to the church? Because it's a priority. It's God's heart. Yeah, but don't you know that, you, you know, what about those people, those, those fancy uh, televangelists? Yeah, what about them? I don't think about them. I'm just doing my labor. I'm just doing what I need to do in the kingdom of God. You know? Yeah, what, what about those, those preachers, those filthy preachers? Well, what about the fil filthy politicians? What about the filthy actors? What about the greedy businessmen and greedy businesswomen? 
There's good and bad in everything. See, so our mind needs to change. And as our mind changes, then God can work in and through you. Hallelujah. So most of us think automatically negatively. We immediately go to the negative. That's from the old way of thinking. That's the Adamic nature. It's not the, the nature of faith. You need to start looking at the opportunities hidden within the problem. You need to start looking at what God is doing in the midst of every situation. So here's the issue. Well, faith people ignore the facts. No, 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 no. Faith people do not ignore the facts. We recognize that there are challenges. We recognize that there are deficiencies. We recognize that there are issues in life, issues in relationships, issues in church, issues in our jobs, issues with us. We recognize all of that. We just choose not to focus on that and make that the priority. We choose to focus on what God said. Hallelujah. So when we focus on what God said, then we realize and recognize that these situations are only temporary setbacks or works in process. Well, I don't have a job yet. You're in process. God said he will provide for you. I need a raise. Well, God will give you wisdom. He'll give you understanding as to how to get that raise and the timing too. But we have to focus on God, his ability, his promise, promises to us. We're to discipline our minds and our mouths to focus only on the things that will help us to shift into more scriptural ways of seeing things. So all of that, as we're focusing on God, we're going to be able to start to see the hidden pearls and the hidden gems in every situation. That will help us to prosper and overcome any past issues, habits, or problems. And with this, I'm going to give you one more principle, and I'll close for the day. Matthew 6, 31, in the, in the King James Version, it's a very interesting thing he says. Jesus said, therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Jesus was saying, don't focus on things that the heathen focus on and say, well, well, you know, what happens? You know, God, we need these things. But then it says this, take no thought saying. So here's the issue. You're always going to have opportunities to see negative situations. But Jesus said, don't focus on them. Don't speak them. Don't take any thought saying. Because the things you say and you speak are the things that become the reality of tomorrow. Don't focus and say, listen, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? See, these are the basic necessities of all mankind. Home, finance, roof over our heads. Most people look at everything negatively. And because of that, they start speaking negatively. Let me hear you for five or ten minutes. I'll know exactly where you're focused on. Because what we speak actually comes from the heart. Jesus was saying, be careful what you speak, because what you speak not only reveals a thing, it can also shift a thing. What you speak can actually create a thing or shift a thing. What are you saying? 
What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about the church? What are you saying about the kingdom of God? What are you saying about your business? What are you saying about your future? You have to be careful because many of us are speaking our future. And we don't even realize it. You know, we're in a mess. I don't know why I'm in a mess. Well, what have you been saying the last 10 years? Take no thought. The enemy will throw thoughts at you. And since you don't discern it as not being a thought that's coming from your purpose and destiny, it's not a thought that's coming from God. It's a thought that's coming from the enemy. Even way back in the book of Genesis, what did the serpent do in order to get Adam and Eve deceived? Think about it. What did he do? How? How? Huh? That's the point. He accepted what he was He accepted what he was saying. Take no thought, saying. When the enemy brought a thought to Adam and Eve, the thought became tangible in the natural realm. People say sticks and stones can never hurt me, or the sticks and stones may may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Wrong. One of the most powerful entities... One of the most powerful, tangible things are words. That's why Jesus said he's going to judge you on every word you say. En el mucho hablar hay pecado. Exactly right. In in much speech, there is sin. We have to be careful about what we say. Because what we say, we throw it into the natural realm. And not only are we hearing it, faith comes by hearing. Hearing, hearing. When you're saying a thought that you receive from the devil, now you released it into the natural realm. Remember, man's in charge in the earth realm? The devil can't do anything without your participation. So when you hear a thing, it says, don't take any thought by saying it. When you, in, in the book of James, James said this. He said, listen. Just to think a thing isn't sin. But when you bring it out, that's when it manifests the sin. That's why it's so important to watch your mouth gate and watch your ear gate. You should have filters on your ears. And to learn and discern what is God saying, what is your human spirit saying. Because in our human spirit, we also say. Or we also want our mouth to say because what we feel, we want others to feel. Why is it that when you're upset, you want to talk about it? <laughs> Yesterday, I'm on the Amtrak. I'm on my way. And this lady about half a, I mean, half a car behind me, she was talking over and over about, you know, she was upset. Uh, one, uh, her boyfriend had obviously done something horrible. And she's speaking it so loud that I knew all of her business. And I wanted to feel so bad for her because that guy had done something terrible. But she said, hey, listen, I'm from the Bronx. And I'm going to handle this. And he thought if it was over, it's not over. I'm going to go to the police. I'm going to expose him now. And she's just on and on. Half an hour later, she's still, blah, 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 blah. 45 minutes. Blah, 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 blah. She took thought, saying she was filled with vengeance. She was filled with revenge, revenge, anger. And she was speaking it into the atmosphere. And if I didn't know how to discern, I would have gone and beat up her boyfriend just for her. (laughs) And I say that because watch this. 
without you realizing it, some of the pain that you have been carrying, you took thought and spoke it, somebody else caught it, and they got angry at the other person, and the other person never did anything to them, but since you said it and they trusted you, now you successfully transplanted a thought into somebody else, and now you got them into sinning also, because now they're angry, and they're vengeful, and they're offended, and they want to speak to that other person real bad, even though that person never did anything wrong to them. Take no thought. You can hear whatever you want to hear. Filter it. Because the Spirit of God is speaking, but the Spirit of the devil is also speaking. And your human spirit is also speaking. You have pride in there. You have, you have offense. You have upset. You know, things that happened in the past. But you don't have to allow any word to come out of your mouth. Instead, I choose to walk by faith. How are you doing? All is well. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am blessed and highly favored. Why do I say that every Sunday? Because the scriptures tell us we're blessed and we're highly favored. So that's what I choose to speak over you. And now some of you are saying the same thing. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. That's right. Amen. Because what I take thought and speak, that's, what, that's what's going to engage my future. Words are seeds. And whatever future you want, start declaring your future. Declare it. Speak it by faith. I have faith that my words are going to shift the atmosphere. Amen. As that fish, I also carry my bubble. I also carry my environment. My environment is blessed. Wherever I go, people are going to be blessed. But they're also going to be offended. Some people will be offended just because I show up. Because my environment meshes against theirs. And they are an unrighteous environment. So light and darkness cannot live together. So some people, just when I show up, they're already upset. I'm like, oh, thank you. I don't like that person. I don't even know why I don't like you. I just don't like you. No, it's because my atmosphere. You don't understand my atmosphere. You don't understand the grace and the favor that's upon me. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we need to walk in love, speak in love, believe in love. Make sure that you're working on your faith each and every day. Work it harder than your body. Work it harder than on your business. And make sure it's the first thing you do, not the third or fourth or fifth thing that you do. Amen? And then today the new principle is start working on your mind. Make sure you allow the Word of God to wash over it. Start, start removing little by little like an onion. Peel every layer, little by little. And God starts to take things away from you. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the things that you need in your life to be removed. He'll show you. He doesn't show you the whole thing because otherwise you'll be so disillusioned. He he works with you principle by principle, step by step, line upon line, here a little, there a little. He works on you because he's patient. And we also have to be patient. And the final thing is, watch the words that come out of your mouth. Because they determine your future, your destiny. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We glorify your holy, holy, holy name. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Father, that our minds are being renewed. Thank you, Lord God, that we're working on our most holy faith, my Lord. Thank you that you're going to do great and mighty things in this new season, my God, in our lives. A A work of acceleration, my God. You're going to do a work, my Father, that even we would ourselves, as we're seeing it, we're going to be astounded. And your name is going to receive glory. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray.